Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. If you are listening to this before you listen to the episode before it, then I just want to say thank you so much for your patience as we took some time off to rest and recharge a bit. If you read the title of this episode, then you already know that we are out of the season of Easter already, but this episode will cover the second week of Easter in which we discuss the gospel passage from that week, which was the passage about Thomas and the disciples being in the locked room together. Thank you again for being patient with us, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So now let's take a moment to feel the breath in our lungs going in and out, to put our feet on the ground if we're able, to put ourselves into a posture, whatever that looks like for you, of receiving, of invitation. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day together. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation. Grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In baptism we died with Christ so that as Christ was raised from the dead, we might walk in newness of life. Let us receive new life in him as we confess our sins in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, you raise us to new life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you forgive us our sins. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you feed us with the living bread. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our hands. 
from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at the right hand as prince and savior. He did this so that the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Here reading from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading 
from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. You know, what struck me as I've thought about these passages over the last several days is that you have in Acts the religious system coming against Peter saying, stop loving, stop seeing people, stop healing. And he, he tells him, no, I've been expanded. I've been inspired. I've been filled with Christ and I'm not going to stop. But before that story, before the boldness and before all that we see the church become is this other story in the gospel, the story of the locked room. And in that story, they're hiding from the very same people that Peter was refusing to obey in the Acts passage. And they're hiding from the very same people that used to be their people. They're hiding from the Jewish people, but I think most Accurately, they're hiding from the religious leaders, the religious system, those who keep perpetuating this construct of relating to God that is not true. It's definitely not what Jesus was about. Ended up killing Jesus. So before the boldness and before the display of power and the love and the compassion, the healing that we see in the early church, we see that same group afraid, hiding, alone, And twice, the gospel writer references locked doors. Both these accounts are weak apart. These accounts are weak apart in the gospel. The door is still locked. 
Jesus comes in and he comes in with this prototype of resurrection, this prototype of the new body, what's to come for all of creation, what's to come for his friends that he's with that day. So he's in and of himself a reflection of what resurrection will look like for them. That's what Paul talks about. Jesus is the first fruit. He's standing there in their midst. He says, peace. He doesn't give them an agenda. He doesn't give them a task. He speaks peace over every fear, over every place of loneliness and doubt, hurt. And all they do is respond. I mean, they weren't doing anything. They were mourning the death of their friend. There was nothing from them. They were, in a sense, the passive recipients of everything that Christ was and is to them. The pronouncement of peace, his presence, and the promise of what's to come for them with resurrection, with life. And just as Jesus was the prototype of what's to come for them, what's to come for all of creation, those friends gathered there are the prototype of the church, of Christ's body and the earth, of us. And it's so, it's so compelling to me to see where it all started. It didn't start with a big celebration. I mean, we say Pentecost is the birth of the church, but that's an event in the church. It started with a locked room, not with boldness, not with preaching, not with signs and wonders, although those things are amazing and inspiring. But that's not where it started. It started in fear and in loss and in hurt. And what did Christ do with it? He comes into it. They're the prototype of what's to come in the church because all they do is respond. I've come to believe in the last several years that the church at its best is the church that simply responds to Christ, that welcomes Christ into every locked room, into every place of fear, into every place of loss and loneliness, and receives that peace and that promise of what's to come, not only for us, but for all of creation. It's where it has to start. That posture is what led the apostles to wait for the Spirit to come at Pentecost. That's what they're still doing. They're waiting. It's what led them to build the community that we saw built in the book of Acts. Wait, welcome, and respond. It really is such a compelling picture of humanity and the divine interacting in this way that produces faith and peace and somehow changes the world. I've for sure been in a locked room several times in the last couple years. And it's good to be reminded that what is required of me is not to pick myself up, not to believe for more, not to do more, but to be open to the one who comes in that place and presents to me himself promise, hope, peace. Respond to that as best I can. Seth and I, I was talking with Seth earlier, playing around with that concept of prototype. And I left this out of the sermon, but that they, like, this is the new resurrected body that Jesus is walking around in, but they are the prototype of Christ's body on the earth. I had never heard that it was his resurrected body. That's why they didn't recognize him? Yeah. 
Is that I guess that's just assumed, huh? Because he's raised. Mm-hmm. But he still has the scars? He does, yeah. Yeah, it's um I've been doing I've been reading a lot of N.T. Wright and Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Paul what Paul is saying is it, we don't go into some disembodied hereafter. It's not this kind of well in heaven we'll all it's like actually what Christians believe is that God is going to remake all of it, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. And also really there's something so compelling about that. Oh, well, the Isaiah passage is in this lectionary, the new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I didn't really say it well, but that's why N.T. writes like when Paul says your new bodies are in heaven waiting for you, Paul's not, it's not so that you can go get them. It's coming. That's when he said the beer in the fridge. <laughs> you don't tell someone there's a beer in the fridge and expect them to go in the fridge. You bring it to them. Oh, right. What N.T. Wright was saying is that, you know, every, every seven years at least, your molecular, like your entire body is new. Mm-hmm. Like you are not, you literally are not the same person that was born. Isn't that crazy? Like where are you held? But true, like Paul would say, there is not like spirit and body. It's all one. It's refreshing that we're talking about this stuff and not just about like how Thomas was, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't believe or whatever. And how we should not be like Thomas. That's usually how I hear this passage. So it is really refreshing to hear this take on it. Because it really is an invitation to just be Mm-hmm. with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also like the, the locked door is an interesting thing that they talk about because it's, you don't, you don't see that as like comfort, you know, uh, which I'm sure they weren't comforted. They were grieving, but you see that as like more fear, I mm-hmm. think. But the way you're speaking about it is like, that's just human, yeah. you know? Like that's not like, there's no expectation of them to like be someone that they're not or to like feel something that they don't feel mm. and i i feel like that's a thing that happens all the time now yeah like we're expected to feel a certain way so we fake it and then we just are unhappy you know yeah. um so i'm i'm thankful that that like i can look at this passage now and see and not just see like condemnation of like you need to believe this and like not ever doubt ever because thomas was the worst disciple or whatever like that's mm-hmm. just kind of how mm-hmm. it's always taught i don't know why it's not there in scripture. Jesus is really kind to Thomas. So I, I just I thought that was really refreshing and, and beautiful. Good way to look at it. I do think the kindness extended to Thomas also extends out to us. I think, Dave, when you were talking about it on Sunday, I think similarly, Seth, I've heard it preached the same way. And so there's this weird pressure to believe without seeing, to believe without asking questions, to believe without wanting to touch mm-hmm. and see and hear and smell who Jesus is and was. And I think you said that and you just went, oh, it's like normal to pause. I actually heard, a, I read a really great quote a couple weeks ago, a guy named Viktor Frankl. Oh. He wrote this book called... Uh, Man's Search for Meaning. He was a, a psychotherapist that mm-hmm. was in the Holocaust, and he was in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And what he said 
was so beautiful, I thought, and like so like kind. He said, an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal. Mm-hmm. That was like so comforting yeah. to me. It's like, they, they don't, they, the disciples have not been through this before. Right. So like, they're just reacting normally yeah. or abnormally. <laughs> Who well, knows it's, if it's, it's normal? Human. Yeah, what is normal? And in that there's situation? these points in the gospel, and I think that we always tend to find them in this group that the humanity is so fearlessly displayed yeah. for the reader. These are people. And if you're writing some book to convince people of the authority and the boldness of the church, you wouldn't you wouldn't put this in there. <laughs> right. But this is what I think is so natural. And so understandable, like their friend, their teacher was just tortured, beaten, and inhumanely killed. Yes, by Rome, but mostly by the religious system. So yeah, if if I'm in that group, I'm going to lock the door because the religious system is coming after me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's so fascinating is that then the rest of the story, you know, I love how the church gives us acts like this kind of peer into the future where Peter is standing against that same system. There's no locked door. He's face to face with them saying, I will not stop loving and healing and seeing people. But scripture doesn't let us skip to that. You know, I don't know. I said it before. I think it's discerning Thomas. I don't, to me, that's, there's this, there's something admirable about him. And especially in our day and age, you know, God said this, the Lord told me this, you know, and some of it's really abusive. But for Thomas to stand up and be like, wait, who? I'm not, I mean, I love you guys, but I want to, I want to experience Christ for myself. I want to know. And that's something we look for in, at least in our church, in any leader, someone that pushes against what is supposed to be done and says, but I want to, f- I want to see and experience for myself is this Christ. That's something that is a quality. It's not to be shamed. Yeah. Like I, I know this is a dark time in the disciples history, but you, s- you can see a lot of like really beautiful things in this story. If you look for it, like community, like you see people gathering together you know, in, in Acts, they, they say with one accord, like mm-hmm. they're unified in their grief, in their humanity, and their like loss of a teacher and friend. There's just, I think there's just a lot underneath there that's like, that's more like the nitty gritty, like life happening that we don't really see that's like actually what's sustaining them, you know, like that in Christ. But I think it's like, they, yes, they're in a locked door, but they're together, you know? Yeah. I would hope that there, maybe there was some joy, maybe moments, seconds of joy. Maybe there was crying and, and comforting each other. Like I've heard people talk about The Chosen, this TV show about Jesus, and it really humanizes the, the it like gives you, it kind of embellishes their backstories, but it helps you to see, I've never seen it, but it helps you to see them as like actual people. Mm-hmm. that had lives that weren't just like char- characters in the story right. so I think you have to like look for it but I think it's there like you mm-hmm. see you actually see that there there's probably life being lived there mm-hmm. and it's probably hard but they have each other and that's I, I feel like that's important you know totally and I, I do think there's something really 
different in what I'm hearing this time than what I've ever heard. And this will probably reveal way too much of my personality. <laughs> but I feel like Christ and God have always been kind of presented to me in the ways that I could be better and respond the way Jesus or God would respond. And it's like it gives permission to just be a human and have normal feelings. And I don't give myself permission a lot of times to do that. I think it's what I'm working on with my spiritual director. I got like a high blood pressure diagnosis in December. And one of the things that I'm realizing is that it's because instead of feeling angry or frustrated, I push that back down and it becomes like <laughs> a very unhealthy high blood pressure sort of situation <laughs> in my body. Yeah. It becomes a physical um, response. And I think like there was a breath that I took when I was listening to this on Sunday where I just went, Oh, and that's what my spiritual director is like, you are allowed to be angry if you're angry. And it's just not something I feel like Jesus would do, so I've never let myself have these feelings. But I just thought they would be sad. They gave themselves permission to be sad. And mm -hmm. by extension, it gives me permission to have a normal feeling response to things that are affecting me. And there's that gentleness in Jesus's response, like, of course, here, here's my side. Like, let me, let me gently tell you that this response is normal. And there's a kindness in this, which is the only gospel now I will listen to mm -hmm. because I only see kindness in Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just fun to have some of these things be unraveling in the right way. <laughs> Um, yeah. as, as we see Jesus's real response to us just being a human beings. Um. I think for me, I'm in a season where this time around, I, I just find myself connecting with Thomas in recognizing that like, things are just playing out far differently mm -hmm. than they could have ever imagined and they just keep mm -hmm. playing out differently right and they're finding themselves in circumstances that just weren't on their radar mm -hmm. and I find it fascinating that he's with the disciples and they they have seen the Lord and they have had that experience but he 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 didn't have it for himself at that time and he said, I, you know, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds. And then it's eight days later. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, like, for eight days, he's saying, I'm not, I don't believe this until I see proof. Like, he's in this holding pattern of, like, how is this going to play out? Mm -hmm. But he's still with his community. There's something about that that's beautiful to me in yeah. the value of a community holding individuals in that space of, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I'm not at this place of like, I don't know that I believe in God by any means. I'm not, it's not a salvation question for myself, but because things have started to come about differently where it's like, I did not see this coming. <laughs> 
scripture being interpreted this way or, you know, this approach that has really like turned things on its head for me. It has kind of created not a crisis of faith for me, but like a crisis of practice where I'm like, I don't yet know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. And yet I find myself when I am um, surrounded on Sunday morning in the round with community of people who are praying together and reading scripture together, there's something about being held there mm-hmm. that it just feels like I'm happy to just stay here <laughs> while I wait for Jesus to appear. Yeah. Mm. It takes me to a place of thanksgiving for Bloom and especially our Sunday morning gatherings as of late. Like it is the one place in the one time during the week that my spirit feels fully at peace. Like this is right. You know, I just, I want to be hopeful that as I wait with my community and feel held by my community that I want to be hopeful that Jesus is going to show up. Yeah. Just that thing that keeps coming to me is that prototype of the new resurrected body that Jesus was in and the prototype of the body of Christ that the disciples were, like what they'll become, what we are now. But as you're speaking, I'm like, gosh, there was one of the first things we see about the community of faith is how the community of faith should hold those who question mm. and those yeah. who are maybe in our own construct on the outside of faith. Mm. As you're talking, that just hit me, and that is mind-blowing to me. Important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, <laughs> those eight days were filled with probably some maybe, I don't know, persuasive discussions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was in the same place, and he was in the same room, that they were, I mean, they were, he was still a part of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, I was a part of this community and I just had to, I just went through this season of, you know, I don't know if I believe this way or whatever. And it's like, they're shown the door and that is wrong. Yeah. If we learn anything from this passage, it could be in its most infant stage. This is how the community faith approaches those who are still seeking and still questioning because that's going to be all of us i mean what a lesson to learn from this passage you know we pray for the peace that comes from god alone for the unity of all peoples and for our salvation Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this city of Denver, for our neighbors and our friends, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, for the sick and suffering, And for all in any need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, 
for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Rejoicing in the communion of the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to God. Amen. Amen.